everyone, welcome once again to another Tap Talks HR podcast. Today we are talking about well-being, specifically financial well-being, and I have Katie Henriksen here with me to discuss this topic. Hi, Katie. Welcome to the Talks HR podcast. Hello. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for coming along. So, Katie, you have a keen interest in financial well-being, and you founded an organisation called Wealthy to support organisations about this. So why don't you start with what financial well-being actually means? Absolutely. So financial well-being affects absolutely everyone. It doesn't matter how much you earn. So it's about having that feeling that we all want about taking control of your day-to-day finances, having the knowledge to make good financial decisions and preparing for the future. So whether it's about knowing that you can um, plan for an unexpected event happening, like losing your job or just planning for retirement. So this is quite a broad topic we're talking about here. I suppose it means different things to different people. So why is financial well-being important? Well, it's exactly that. So financial well-being, it affects every aspect of our lives. So from the minute that we leave school all the way through to the day we die, we're making money decisions all the time. So whether that's about paying bills or maybe paying for a new house or buying insurances, planning for retirement, so many different things and so many more things. And it's continuous. It doesn't stop. And it doesn't matter who you are at some stage in your life. These things will have kept you awake at night, whether you're worrying about if you have enough or if you've made the right decisions. And these financial stresses can really start to affect people in many ways. It can start to affect their relationships and even their health. So it can make them physically and mentally ill. The problem is that it's only getting worse and it's particularly important now. So we we all know the cost of living is going up. So the cost of your weekly shop, for instance, in the last two years has gone up by nearly 40%. So your day-to-day costs are going up and up and up. And I think some statistics I read or I did read from the um, uh, Bank of England last week was that half a million households are going to see their mortgages increase by more than £500 a month this year alone. These are very real financial pressures. Financial uh, worries are the leading cause of stress and anxiety in the UK at the moment. I was only reading, I think it was the other day, um, the Zealous report, which said 77% of employees have experienced some form of financial stress or anxiety over the last 12 months. So the evidence is there. People need help and support. And it's more than mortgages, isn't it? If I, I was um, also reading that actually rent is um, is outstripping some of the rises we're seeing in, in the rest of the cost of living. And actually, the, the thing about renting is actually a more precarious lifestyle as well, isn't it? Absolutely. Well, it, it, it bleeds into everything, so every aspect of life. So the fact that costs, just everyday costs, so we've talked about food, it'll be clothes, it'll be utility bills, rent, I mean, you name it, costs have gone up and it affects our day-to-day outgo budgeting, all these things that we need to try and get control of day-to-day. It's really worrying. It is, and and I suppose I should uh, just uh, remind the listeners, uh, well, not tell the listeners, that we're recording this in February 2024 and we're saying looking at the back catalogue way into the future, uh, Mm. who knows, we might have had uh, the cost of living stabilised, we might now be 
walking down the road with a bag of uh, money just to go and buy a loaf of bread. Who can tell where the future goes <gasps> oh, on this? No. But, but I can see, I can see where we are at the moment. It's a really good thing. And I, I think that kind of almost pre-answers my next question. But but obviously we're here in Tech Talks HR as a podcast. We're thinking mm-hmm. about people inside of organisations. So so why do you think financial well-being is important to organisations, to companies? Of course. Well. I'd like to think that companies who really care about their employees really care about their financial well-being as well. So hopefully that's a given. But if for some reason uh, you have a heartless CEO or for whatever given reason, that's not the case. Um, it does have these individual financial stresses do have a knock on effect on their working life. So they don't leave their worries at home. We're only human. We bring them to work. So if you've got tens, hundreds, thousands of employees who are stressed at work, they're distracted, they're not focused on their work, so they're not very productive. They're taking time out maybe to deal with their finances or worse still, they're taking time off sick because this this financial stress is making them ill. Then um, all of these things don't lead to a particularly productive workforce and not just that, it's at a cost to the company. The CEBR uh, report calculated at the end of last year that it cost UK companies in the region of £10.3 billion last year in absences and lack of proc- and uh, lower productivity, all due to financial stress. So that's people taking time out, time off sick, and actually just lower productivity levels in the workplace. So this is a real cost and a real concern to companies. That's why it's so important that they can provide high quality, meaningful financial wellbeing support for their employees. And if they get it right, they can see some amazing benefits. So obviously I've mentioned two there, they can see improved productivity and um, reduced absences from their staff. But not just that, if people have better financial well-being they're happier so you can boost morale in the workplace if you like and even even better you can increase retention so if staff know that their company is looking after their well-being and truly does care they're a lot more likely to stay and stay loyal which again has another knock-on effect on increasing their reputation so not just for existing staff but for future potential um, employees so it makes them look like a, a really good employer who really cares about their staff and then it all translates into money of course so through a happier healthier more productive workforce it costs the company a lot less and everyone wins and they stay <laughs> so so the financial argument there for financial well-being from there, what you're saying, there really actually... is absolutely and you know we <laughs> All of the reasons to support the individual through the stresses and strains that they have because of these um, financial financial worries. But ultimately, if that's not enough to convince a company that they need to provide this support, I think the argument about it affecting their bottom line is should be a lot more concerning. <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because it's, it's when we think about pressure and stress and anxiety. We've got to understand that people are individuals and they have a limited capacity for dealing with that amount of uh, pressure and uncertainty within the individual. And we, we think about only work stress and work mm. pressure can actually tip people over. But actually, if they're bringing a lot of that into their their work because they have to deal with it. And they're only in work 
well, if you're full time, you're only working 40, 50 hours a week, and there's 168 hours in the week. So if something like you have financial worries, that's an mm. even bigger part of your life than any kind of work pressure could be. Totally. And it, it, it starts with work as well. So if you think it's not really talked about. Um, so it was Charles Cotton at CIPD who said um, that financial well-being is where mental well-being was about 10 years ago. Um, it was quite a taboo subject. Not many people were aware of the resources available, the help available, the implications. Um, whereas now companies have really taken it on board. Um, I, I, I assume the pandemic has also contributed to that as well. But so many companies have a plethora of resources. They provide training for, for um, uh, mental health uh, first aiders and the like so it's one of those things where with financial well-being we really need to get people talking about it more because it does affect absolutely everyone um, and regardless of where you are in life other people will have experienced the same things that you have or slightly different but there's so many options and choices available that people need to understand and have the knowledge and support to know where to go that's interesting because it makes me think so so we have moved the dial on mental well-being I think the dial's mm. still being moved but it's interesting Absolutely. that the, the pandemic brought in uh, a huge um, focus towards uh, people's mental health and compassion what people are having to deal with because suddenly they're inside their homes they weren't being able to see anyone else and I think that event has allowed us to focus in on that and has left a bit of a legacy it's interesting that maybe the the, fun, the cost of living crisis that we're currently going through in the last 18 months that started with the energy crisis in Ukraine that seemed to be leaking in a global mm. kind of way. Maybe that is going to be the catalyst where there is going to be a legacy after this that actually, even though inflation might disappear, we're left mm. with this more focus on financial well-being as, as something we should be talking about in our organisations. Is that something that you've seen? Um Quite possibly. I definitely say that it's um, it's creeping up the agenda for companies and uh, HR leaders. Uh, so it's definitely something that people are more aware of. Um, everyone, like we said at the start, has got a different idea of what financial well-being means and therefore what the solution is and what what's help and support should be in place. And there are a number of solutions out there. Um, have to say it's a little bit of a wild west um, there's a number of different types of solutions in various guises and different degrees of detail so it's about I suppose identifying what actually works what helps and what really gives that high quality support that individuals need and how you can get that reach um, and I think that's the difficulty because as, as we said at the start you know if you just think through even where you are today and all the different financial choices money decisions that you've had to make to this point I mean you just list the first year or two of your life and then you 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 know you wouldn't want to carry on because there's just too much there's so many things that it, it seeps into but I do believe companies can help and, and and fundamentally coming back to it being potentially a taboo subject you know pay salary benefits all start with your employer so they know that in the last couple of years with inflation rising, interest rates going up, if you haven't seen the same pay increases, you're poorer. You know, they know that you can't 
afford or your uh, many of the day-to-day -day outgoings that you would normally have so it's important that we can come back to the employer and talk about it and get that support to help navigate all of these different options and, and I'll, I really want to ask a question in a minute about obviously what organizations can do but I think that there's a really interesting piece here which I'm I'm talking to so many people around that it's and it's to do with hybrid working in the percentage of getting people back into the workforce and there's been mm -hmm. some great um thinking around what's holding us back as organizations getting people back into the workforce and it's different in different countries different mm -hmm. cities urban versus rural and but one thing in the uk is definitely around the cost of commuting and the cost of transport and if you're mm -hmm. suffering from a cost of living rise and therefore in in real terms your salary is shrinking those mm -hmm. financial well-being pressures come down to things like shall i go into the office three days a week and therefore not have as much money to put food yeah. on the table for my kids so i think it's even going past the obvious to financial well-being there's something there about actually if organizations want people back in the mm -hmm. office collaborating because that's what they think they need mm -hmm. then actually financial well-being is almost one of the root causes or, or ways to help people absolutely i, I think you've really hit, hit the nail on the head there i think one that's one example of something that might not necessarily be have been a factor in the past or something that many people would have thought about but because they've experienced not having to pay out for travel or, or whatever it may be and got used to that over a significant period of time and then costs have all increased maybe your salary hasn't quite kept up with it um then it's a real it's a real hit. It's a you can see a significant difference, and and that's just one element. And I think just going back to talking about um, how this so financial well being itself, financial worries affect everyone. It doesn't actually matter how much you earn. It can happen at both ends of the spectrum. You know, many people who are maybe yes, you've got day to day worries and. Um, sort of budgeting management but then the other end of the spectrum sometimes you've got people who are in a camp where maybe they earn a certain tax bracket for instance and they they're not able to save into their pension because the tax man takes it all or they don't know how to save for their retirement because they're they're maybe uh, capped in a certain way so these 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 are all different issues that affect different people in different ways, but it's across the spectrum. And I don't think anybody is immune, <laughs> frankly. And that's interesting, isn't it? Because um, there's a tendency of thinking, oh, financial welfare, this did affect people who are more likely on minimum wage or mm. on a living wage uh, and in a full face of organisations. However, I do know a number of senior people who, who live to your means. Uh, mm -hmm. you, you you become a director, you earn more money, your kids can go to private school. So mm -hmm. you, you're not necessarily saving. When cost of living goes in, your mortgage goes up by a percentage. Um, and then I'm just, I'm just thinking about Maslow's hierarchy of needs here. And the, mm -hmm. like you think of some people who are up in the ego needs and everything, self-actualization. Suddenly, there's financial well-being. They all drop down to security needs, safety needs. Yeah. Am I going to be able to pay the bills? What happens if I have to tell my kids that they can't go to private school anymore, yeah. they go to state school? Now, some people listening in saying, I'd love to be able to send my kids to <laughs> private school. But actually, it's, this, it's the same financial worry as 
like having to restrict something from your kids that you want to take them to football on a Saturday you can't afford to do that so I think this is quite all-encompassing isn't it as you say there's there's no one who's immune no absolutely and I think you know not taking away from the fact that obviously like we've said a number of times day-to-day expenses are, are so much more now so everyone's feeling the pinch um, but it does it does affect all aspects of of working life, um, no matter where you are. So I think it's about being able to help and support people on every aspect of that journey. Actually, I just thought of someone, Elon Musk. He probably doesn't worry about financial no. well being that much. But, uh, but obviously, everyone else on the planet, Mr. <laughs> Musk, um, is worrying about financial well being. So. Which then leads us on into organisations. I think we've we've obviously built the case here that this is something we should be talking about inside of organisations. So this is Tap Talks HR. So what do you think mm-hmm. HR leaders or even line managers can do to help their employees with financial wellbeing? So I suppose it depends on where they are. So in the first instance, if um, you don't have a financial wellbeing solution in place or any provisions um, or or benefits that provide that support then it's absolutely time to recognize how important it is for you and your company and that something should be put in place so it's looking into the options available if you do have a financial well-being strategy in place then it's about testing whether that's effective and whether it's actually having the the results that it needs so it's whether it's delivering so so many times I've spoken with um, people officers, HR leaders who've said financial well-being Katie we've got it covered we do a webinar twice a year and we have a website that has financial articles so we're, we're, we're really covered there and it really does come from a, um, a well-meaning place but there's so much more that can be done um, to, to just go so much further So when it comes to webinars and seminars, of course, these are fantastic, um, but they are quite limited. So whether that's relying on people being able to attend them, um, the number that they have, but also as we've we've talked about, it's that range of topics that you cover being able to be relevant to what your hundreds, thousands of employees at at that very time is actually quite small. So to be scalable and actually far-reaching, it's a bit limited. So they are great, um, but they almost complement um, other solutions. And then if you take written articles, um, or if you think about traditional means of providing financial information, benefit information tends to be in written articles or documents. And I think we, if we're honest, they tend to be pretty long. And quite frankly, fairly dull. Um, so it's all about keeping people engaged and actually wanting to take on that information and find out what it is that they need to do. Um, so I, I'd hasten to add, not many people are um, reading their pension statements on a regular basis unless they, they suffer from insomnia. Um, so a good financial, um, a good quality financial wellbeing strategy needs three things and that's to connect with employees, educate employees and engage with them. So what I mean by that is to connect with them needs to be a solution that's available to them continuously. So 24-7 
and accessible in any which way because questions on money matters come up at any any given time. Education is really important. So it's about communicating in plain English, providing really well in, well-researched information but not just that it really needs to help stress the importance of timing and action and what what the consequences or costs to you are if you don't take action so really to motivate people and then the third thing was being engaging so again get back to that point about traditional methods of communication it's all about trying to get people motivated and bring multi-sensory um, materials to people and make them accessible. You know, five million people tune in to Martin Lewis because he's entertaining. But do those five million people go off and read all of their benefit and pension statements? Not so sure. <laughs> so it's all about providing this support continuously and having it available. And that's interesting, isn't it? It's, uh, it is about not so... I have a I have a post-it note sitting right in front of me, which I use quite a lot of the time for when I'm designing stuff. And it's quite simply says what, so what, and now what. Yeah. So 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 the education people is what uh, part is what is it? But so what? What's the implication of it? But the now what is actually what what behaviour are you going to change mm. to either lessen the pain or improve the pleasure in your financial well-being? I think so. That's that's quite an interesting approach to connect, educate, engage. And I think one thing that was popping up as you were talking about that and talking about the conditional, there's a webinar, is actually there's a little bit of shame to financial well-being, isn't there, when, when you're struggling with it. So if mm. you feel like you can't bring it up in conversation at work, what? why would you sign up to a webinar where your name gets put on a list and the HR team can say, oh, They've obviously got financial issues. It's it's an interesting one, isn't it? That actually mm. maybe some of the education being uh, an ability for people to drop in, drop out when they're in the moment of worrying, being at 11 o'clock totally. on a Thursday or whatever. So, yeah. so do you think that's going beyond the obvious? That's part of this, this thing that, that, that HR leaders need to con consider. How do you think they should take that angle of shame? um well it, it's just that really isn't it it's it's being understanding that everyone's individual and then everyone feels differently about these things so I mean you raised a good point there about the element of shame um that happens no matter what the topic you know the, no, the number of times you'll go along to a seminar and nobody wants to speak up in front of you know, 50, 100 other people. Um, so maybe they'll send a question afterwards or, you know, there'll be a lot of the same questions being fielding, fielded to the HR department um, to, to ask exactly the same question, like uh, 20 of the same ones, because nobody wanted to put their hand up when it could have helped everybody. But that's fine. Um, and I think, you know, webinars, seminars, they do have their place and it can build awareness and bring people together so it definitely has its place but there are so many more things we can do by providing that uh, resource which is there as and when these questions crop up so like you said you know you could be out walking the dog or sat on the bus or in the gym or whatever you're doing and suddenly you think oh I need to you know remortgage next week or I need to look into my credit card bill or I've been sent that through on my phone you know something will ping on your phone to say oh you've got to pay this bill um and so it's knowing 
that you then are able to answer the questions that you've got instantly and you don't go away and forget about it or just email HR again because a lot of things all roads tend to lead to them and then stresses so this is this is the other thing it's about providing something that really can complement what they're trying to do to raise awareness of benefits and the other things that they're providing for employees and it's that whole mindfulness thing isn't it it's the walking the dog and the going to the gym that allows your brain to actually think deeper when you're nine to five or whatever hours you happen to work inside of your job you're probably so focused on getting your job done because you're most people are usually overwhelmed by inboxes and everything that actually that's not the time when you think about your financial well-being it's the time that you actually slow down you get on the tube at the end yeah. of the day and, and so they're the times that you have the question and you might want to access stuff so i think it's that that very wholesome view from organizations which does link in i suppose to the way we take do take on other aspects of well-being and we actually try and deal with that as well so absolutely and not not just that I mean if then if then you're going to access it and you're faced with I don't know two three five ten page article are you really going to spend that journey reading it so there's the other thing about the delivery of those messages um you know if i for instance if i need to fix something i don't know something's gone on the car um the first thing I do, I don't go for the 300 page manual for the car, is I look it up on YouTube. I watch a one and a half minute video that tells me how to fix the problem I've got. And hey presto, it's done. It's that instant, I need it now. I've got, this is my question, here's the answer. And within a few minutes, I know what I've got to do next. So it's that that sort of mindset and coming, you know, bringing us forward, um, you know, moving on. Um, and into the age of us, you know, listening to podcasts and watching videos and, and getting education just through that sort of short, sharp information is is really where I think the answer lies. Who do you think would listen to a podcast to learn something? I don't know. <laughs> Goodness um, knows. <laughs> so, but it's interesting, though, because you say all roads lead to HR, all roads also lead to YouTube. And uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want to know go. something. You look, you look for short, snappy stuff, and then if you have a question, having some kind of means to to ask that question or have an FAQ or something yeah. like that. So, I mean, time is rushing by. Unfortunately, I'm not Stephen Hawking, so I can't alter and bend time. So we're, we're getting towards the end of the podcast now. But okay. I, I do think that, I mean, obviously, you've created this organisation for wealthy. And just, just give the listeners an overview of actually how a financial wellbeing organisation could help them. What do you do? How do you engage? Absolutely. Um, well, just to give you a tiny bit of background. Uh, so myself and my husband have spent between us more than 40 years in the financial industry. Um, so I'm a qualified IFA, he's an actuary. And we spent a lot of time over the years being asked questions about, you know, down the pub or my family, anything to do with tax, pension, savings, you name it. We were being asked these questions and we just wondered why this kept happening and realised they're just wasn't a solution out there so if it isn't there build it yourself <laughs> and that's how Wealthy was born so we really want to help companies support their employees um, through financial well-being and to build their knowledge their financial knowledge and help um, show them where to go for extra resources and help and all this information but in bite-sized form 
so it's Wealthy is a solution that for, for both employees and employers, for the employee, it gives them access to impartial bite-sized um, videos and podcasts, educa financial education that they can access on the go anytime and a plethora of other tools and resources as well that they can access 24-7. And then for the company, it really helps them get a better understanding of their employees, what they really need, what they're concerned about through surveys and usage data, but building their awareness of what their employees' concerns are about. Fantastic. Great commercial. Um, so, yes, um, so just to finish off, though, uh, something I usually ask uh, my guests is actually, if there was one thing that you think the listeners should, should reflect on or take away or act upon now when thinking about financial wellbeing, what would it be? Financial wellbeing is a needed and wanted support. So it should be, has to be a priority for companies. And employers have a vested interest. So it's not just the nice reasons that I've talked about, but we know it impacts their bottom line as well. So make it a priority. Totally. And I would probably add on there that one of the theories of engagement is actually the anti-burnout model. But if you want people to be engaged, you need to get them away from feeling stress and burnout. And if financial totally. well-being is adding to that, then actually you're not going to get engagement. Engagement is discretionary effort, which is free work, as we know, for organisations. So there is a financial reason to do it as well. Well, Katie, thank you very much for being here today on the Tap Talks HR podcast. I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you. Thank you very much. No worries. Well, that's all we have time for today. I hope you enjoyed our discussion around financial wellbeing. You can find out Find our entire uh, catalogue of Tap Talks HR podcasts at tapsolutions.com and all the major podcast platforms. Thanks as always for listening, and we'll be back again soon. Bye for now. Mm -hmm.